balding people and welcome back to those bald chicks your favorite alopecia podcast i'm Kristen, and i'm here with paige and our seventh guest allison lee she has had alopecia since she was five years old she co-founded alopecia justice league which strives to raise awareness for alopecia and empower hair loss legislation bill hr 5430 which will mandate insurance coverage for wigs under medicare We just want to say that what you're doing is absolutely badass and is so helpful to so many people. We can't wait to hear all about it. If you want to get us started by taking us through your hair loss journey, that would be great. Great. Thank you so much for having me. So I am 16. I'm about to turn 17 next week, and I'm currently living in New York City. I've had alopecia since I was five years old, and To be honest, when I first started losing my hair, I don't have too many memories around that. I remember, you know, slowly transitioning from wearing, you know, just having my normal hair to then wearing headbands, and then that turned into bandanas, and eventually that progressed into wigs. And as a young girl, I relied heavily on wigs because through wigs, I was able to have fun with my alopecia and also fit in with the rest of my classmates when I was being stared at so much because of all of the hair loss that I was experiencing. And I wore wigs for most of elementary school until my wig was actually pulled off by one of my friends. And, you know, that was very unexpected. But after that moment, I decided that, you know, I'm going to take a big step in my alopecia journey and I'm going to wear this blue bandana. And since that day, I've worn predominantly this bandana. However, I do still wear my wig. And through my experience, I've learned that everyone should have the choice as to what they, you know, what to wear on their head, whether that's a wig, nothing, or a bandana. And for most of my life, I didn't know that many people with alopecia. My sister has alopecia, but other than that, oh, you know, wow. yes, my younger sister. No she kidding. is 12. Um, oh I got alopecia before her, but now we both have alopecia, which is great to be able to support one another. But Absolutely. for most of my life, you know, I had never seen another bald person. And so right before COVID happened, I discovered the National Alopecia Areata Foundation. Yeah. And through NAF, I attended a support group and that was life-changing moment you know in that room I had seen more bald people than I had ever seen for up until that point for my whole life and so after that support meeting I knew that I wanted to become more involved with NAF and I became a legislative liaison which essentially works to further the efforts of HR 5430 as you mentioned and I believe that HR 5430 is so important because Wigs are so much more than cosmetic enhancements. They're Mm -hmm. really critical to so many people who have alopecia and who struggle with hair loss. And so after working with... Damn, girl, you're 16. Reiterate this. Like, she's 16 and she's taking on Incredibly impressed by you already. I mean, I know you're We've talked for two seconds. (laughs) Yeah. 
Thank you. And so as I continued to work with NAF last October, I co-founded the Alopecia Justice League, which is really focused on the advocacy efforts of alopecia and furthering HR 5430, but other legislation that targets greater alopecia research, coverage for alopecia treatments, which are also extremely expensive, Absolutely. and also just celebrating the community in general. That's so great! That's amazing. Thank you like, so much. Amazing. 16-year-old and just paving the way. I love it. Absolutely yeah. love that. Wow. Yeah. I'm in. We're I'm impressed. In right. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> if you're if you're sitting, you need to stand and start clapping for this woman. <laughs> like seriously, impressed. When did your sister lose her hair? I believe my sister started losing her hair when she was also I think midway through elementary school. Okay. So, so did you both go to this NAF conference? No. So I went to the NAF support group meeting with my mom. And at that meeting, it wasn't just kids with alopecia. It was actually people of all age ranges, as well as parents. And I believe someone's boyfriend came. So there was a wide variety of, you know, relationships to alopecia. But hearing the impact that the condition has had on everyone, and which has been different for everyone, was really eye-opening. Absolutely. To have someone in your family, especially a sister, that's that's something else. That support would be unmatched, I feel like, Mm because you can always talk. You're always there for each other. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. How is she doing with it? She is doing better than I was at that age. And I think, you know, being able to just talk about it on a daily basis and how kind of like giving a rundown of our days and, you know, if someone said something to her, or did something being able to talk about that because you know we kind of have we have a bit a lot of overlap in our experiences and the remarks that we've received and continue to receive and yeah. I'm just really glad that I'm able to be there for her that's awesome that's amazing. what a great big sister you are too you right? I can already tell that you're super supportive <laughs> thank yeah. you <laughs> yeah that's awesome so on that note we're going to jump into some questions so what was the hardest hurdle to jump when it came to your hair loss The hardest hurdle, I would say, is transitioning from wearing a wig to a bandana. I believe I made this transition in third grade after my wig was pulled off. But wearing a wig, you know, provides a lot of comfort because you're able to, when you're walking down the street, blend in with everyone. And you don't have to be subjected to constant stares, people pointing at you, and all this stuff. And so I think because I was so young, when I first started wearing my bandana, it took... It was scary. It was it was really scary, you know, yeah. going from being normal to then, you know, putting myself out there. However, as time progressed, I realized that I was able to relieve myself of a lot of stress and, you know, really start to embrace my condition. Absolutely. So you're in high school right now, correct? Yes. 16 is high school. How's that going? It's going pretty well. And I yeah. think that because I've had alopecia for more than a decade, I've been able to grow comfortable with myself and really just look forward. Right. How I grew up was, I kind of grew up with the same people through elementary, middle, and high school. But when I hit high school, there was definitely new people I didn't know. Mm -hmm. Um, Have you run into anything with new people asking you what you have or kind of being curious about it or running into any problems with that? Yes. So the current school that I'm at, I've been at since middle school. And so when I came into middle school, I would say that everyone at my school was super supportive. I didn't receive any remarks or get my wig or hat pulled off. 
But I do get people, you know, asking me questions and they approach me in a very kind and respectful manner, which is something that I'm so appreciative of. But usually it's questions that are asking just that aim to get a better understanding of the condition. And I'm always happy to answer those questions, of course, because one of the things that I want to talk about is so many because of the lack of awareness around alopecia, so many think to associate a bald person with cancer. You know, that's a thing I think a lot of us experience. And so I'm always happy to answer anyone's questions. Right. Just to keep spreading awareness. Absolutely. That's awesome. So how would you say that you advocate and spread alopecia awareness since we're on the subject? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I think one thing that's really important to recognize is that everyone's alopecia experience is different. And there's so many different aspects of the alopecia experience. There's the mental aspect, as well as the financial aspect, the social aspect. And so through my work with the Alopecia Justice League, one thing that we do is we create content on our Instagram. And this aims to, we talk about studies, we try to highlight members of the community and really just bring light to all the different aspects of the condition in a fun and simple manner. That way everyone, people of all ages can understand. I noticed too, you guys kind of keep up to date with alopecia news too i think you guys just posted about the today show where they had the alopecia yes. on the today show so that's awesome that you're keeping up to date thank about you alopecia news i think that's really important other than spreading awareness keeping up to date about everything surrounding alopecia i feel like that's so important so i applaud you for that because i know that's a lot of work to research all that and everything i know that's a lot of work so you guys are doing an awesome job thank you yeah i have to say that this year especially towards the end of the year alopecia is appearing a lot more in various news outlets as well as in legislation. I mean, there's still a very long way to go, but I'm glad that, you know, there's some sense of greater awareness. Yeah, there's more buzz about it for sure. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Which is awesome. Yeah, we love to hear that. All right. This is one of my favorite questions. (laughs) It is one of my favorites. (laughs) Do you have any moments throughout your hair loss journey that looking back on make you laugh now? Or, like, any embarrassing moments? Something funny. (laughs) Oh, my. Yes. So, okay. So, I usually, you know, whenever I go out, I don't do that much makeup. I don't draw my eyebrows. Don't put fake eyelashes on. But one day in the summer, my mom took me to this makeup studio to, you know, try something new. And so, keep in mind, so I had, I think, a one-hour kind of makeup lesson and then after that I had a zoom I think it was a school call for one of my classes and so I go to this makeup salon and I get a full face of makeup not just like light makeup like full heavy on makeup yes (laughs) yeah like I was going so like I was going somewhere and so I have my eyebrows drawn fake eyelashes mascara the whole everything and so makeup lesson done I then come home to attend my class and so I join the zoom with a full face of makeup and keep in mind I'm the only one on zoom everyone else is in class I'm like okay this is wow so your, your face is like the screen right yes my yeah. face is the screen well, no and the thing is you know I'm so grateful for my alopecia and honestly I'm excited to have alopecia for however long I'm going to you know end up having the condition. I just think that 
one of the things that often I get caught up in thinking is how am I going to have to adjust as I get older? Sure. Kind of navigating my experience. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So being 16, this might not even be in the cards yet. Have you started dating yet? Or is that still kind of... I have not. I mean, I've had... I would say I've spoken to some people, but I haven't dated anyone. Sure. So that's Mm -hmm. another thing to kind of look forward to and to kind of navigate as well. Because we've had people on that are just, you know, started a new relationship that have been in a relationship for a long time with alopecia. And it's so interesting to hear like people that are brand new to dating and Mm -hmm. what they do if they say it, talk about their alopecia right away or whatever it is. So that'll be interesting. Yeah, for sure. So now we're going to switch gears and talk about the Alopecia Justice League. So tell us how you helped co-found it and what you're currently trying to accomplish in regards to it. Yes. So after I became familiar, familiarized with HR 5430 and at this time, you know, I began working with math, I was lost. I was really intimidated by the advocacy process. I mean, to think about meeting with my representatives as a teenager, not really having a strong understanding of how legislation is passed, what yeah. is Medicare, and how all of these institutions work. I was very intimidated. Absolutely. And so, you know, I'm still learning every day, but after a year passed, I think I have a pretty firm understanding of it. And as I became, became more comfortable as an advocate and had more meetings with my representatives and better understood the legislation, I came to realize that there are so many people who are impacted by this financial burden that yeah. wigs and alopecia pose who don't know, who were like me, who don't know how to advocate for themselves and share their stories. Because I think the most compelling and effective way someone can advocate is by telling their story. Yeah. Not saying uh-huh. facts. I mean, well, facts are very compelling. Saying something that comes directly from the heart and being able to share how it impacted you is the most powerful thing by far. You got it. I know Kristen and I were just talking about wigs and insurance right before you jumped on. And Mm -hmm. we were saying how a lot of insurance companies look at wigs as an accessory, like as a fashion choice instead of something that you need. Most insurances accept, you know, getting a wig if you have cancer, but Mm -hmm. not many look at alopecia. So Uh, that's why we think it's so important for this to be happening. We wanted to ask you, too, for people that are listening, what steps can people take to further help you with LPC Justice League or help themselves to advocate for themselves? Yeah. So reaching out to your representatives is actually a pretty easy thing to do, and you can do it in a very short amount of time. If you visit our website, alopeciajusticeleague.com, under the HR 5430 page, we have email scripts and call guidelines, courtesy of NAF, that you can use to quite literally copy and paste. There's a space for you to put your story in. And then we also have the link to how to find who your representative is, because many people don't even know who the representatives are. And so you put in your zip code. After that, your representative comes up and then you click on their name and that gives you their email. And then you just copy that script in and you send it. Incredible. Yeah. Wow. That's really all that, that it is takes. like five seconds to do that. Yeah. That's awesome yeah. that you have all of that on your website. So we're definitely going to put that in our description so people mm-hmm. can easily find it too. Just because I've been talking to Kristen because I haven't, I just got new insurance. So I mm-hmm. haven't done that yet. I haven't advocated for myself yet in regards to wigs. And I'm like, listen, 
I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> like, I'm yeah. brand new to this because yeah. before my mom's insurance and then when I jumped off of that, my other insurance didn't accept it. Um, mm-hmm. Now I have new insurance. So I'm like, I need to know what I need to do to advocate yeah. for myself because wigs are expensive. Insurance is yeah. different than U.S. insurance. You got so we're it. also mm-hmm. at like a... So like she can't, she can help me, but not really because, mm-hmm. you know, she has free healthcare and, you know, whatever yeah. over here. So, yeah, so it's completely different. So thank you for that. Um, we will absolutely add that to the episode description for people to Great. figure out. Thank you. And then another question is, are there any hurdles that you had to overcome or are trying to currently overcome with HR 5430 in the works of pushing Mm -hmm. it out to other people or having it get passed in insurance? Is there any like roadblocks in the way? Yes. One of the biggest roadblocks that we face is because many people consider alopecia to be a surface level condition and, you know, hair loss to be a frivolous matter. Many people don't understand the significance that HR 5430 poses. And actually, I've spoken to many people who, when I say that, you know, this bill is about wigs, it's almost like, you know, they think they misheard me because they're like, why should we be paying? Why should our taxpayer money be spent on wigs? You know, wigs are just meant to make people enhance their appearance. And so I would say that, yes, that financial and economic argument is something that we face as advocates very frequently. And what I have been trying to do is gather research, conduct research to determine if HR 5430 poses a net benefit, meaning if we were to pass HR 5430, is there an overall financial gain for the U.S. government? Because while some people are very inclined to support HR 5430 because it really is a matter of health equity, yeah. Other people are motivated by or swayed by finance and money. Yeah. And so if I'm able to collect this data, I hope to sign on more representatives for the bill. That's awesome. I am. You got a standing ovation over here because right? that's you. a lot of work and that's powerful because, I mean, wigs are expensive. And mm-hmm. if, a lot of times you can't go on a payment plan for them. You have to pay them outright. Yeah. And nobody has that kind of money. Thousands mm-hmm. of dollars if you want human hair or even a couple hundred dollars. That's a lot. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's impressive because I just, I really am so hopeful that this becomes big because it would help so many people. Because a lot of people decide to keep hiding or decide to you know, their mental health is just at an all-time low because they Mm -hmm. can't get the weight that they want. And Mm -hmm. they're kind of at a loss and everything. So this is so much more than just a wig. It's about your mental health. It's about how you live your life. It's, oh, I just wish more people understood that for sure. Right. Mm -hmm. I think you're doing like such a good job. And I commend you because, you know, even though those people are saying no, you're like, wait a second, I'm not taking no for an answer. I'm going to find a way to convince you. Whether right. it be like through your pocket or not, like <laughs> exactly, you're yeah. finding different ways to appeal to them so you can help people with alopecia, and that's that's awesome. That is, thank that's you, amazing. Yeah, we we love to hear it. So, what are the best resources or people that have helped you along the way? Well, my biggest supporters have to be my family, and in addition to that, I have to say everyone at NAF, especially Gary Sherwood, who is the communications director, and he put me in touch with the NAF support group. And in addition to the NAF support group, um, all of my AJL members, my co-founders, 
as well as my other members. One of my co actually both of my co-founders I met at the support group meeting, Lindsay Sullivan, who is a New York City NAS support group leader, as well as Dr. Osiko. They are both just so incredible and I'm so appreciative of everything that they've done for me and yeah. for the alopecia community. That's awesome. I meant to ask this too while we're on the Alopecia Justice League HR 54302. Is your insurance, obviously you would be on your parents, does that cover Mm -hmm. it? Have you gotten it covered or figured it out or are you still trying to figure it out? So I have two wigs. One wig I purchased in the US and that was the wig that was pulled off in elementary school. So that was kind of a long time ago. But that was my parents had to pay fully out of pocket up front and it was extremely expensive yeah yeah absolutely I know it's kind of crazy because I remember when I was on my parents insurance my mom's insurance they covered 60 percent. is that what I said Kristen 60 Mm percent I think it was of the cost but then again we were talking about this before we started recording and I've heard that it has to it can't be called a wig it has to be Mm -hmm. called a cranial cranial prosthetic yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it's like how many wigs are called that? I don't think I've ever heard of a yeah. wig called that. So I feel like that's a whole nother hurdle for people mm-hmm. to jump because it's like, okay, well, my insurance now accepts it, say, but now I have to find a place that calls yeah. it a cranial prosthetic or prosthesis. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's crazy. Um, mm-hmm. So I know that's a lot of work and I'm really looking forward to talking to you guys about my insurance too because I'm definitely going to need some walkthrough and help with that. So anyways, go ahead, Kristen. I just had one more question. Sorry. (laughs) Just have one last question and it's uh, our favorite. What is one piece of advice that you would want to give someone new to hair loss or possibly regressing with their hair loss? Hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a toughie, but it's a goodie. I would say, because it's interesting, a lot of people have asked me, what would I say to people who are beginning to experience their hair loss? And to that, I would say, know that there's a whole community. There are people out there who are going through the same thing. And I think that once you find your people, it really does make a difference. One thing, when I met one of my AJL team members for the first time, she said to me that's really stuck with me is that, you know, we had our meeting on Zoom. And before that, she (laughs) jokingly said, I've been deprived of bald people for so long, meaning <laughs> I haven't seen another bald person and I in such a long time. And I think that right. I I don't know. I think back to that a lot because it's just like wow. Had I not found this community through NAS and through AJL, I really don't know where I would be. Yeah. Huh? And to people who are starting to regress in their hair loss, I would say stay connected to the community and be there for someone else. Yeah. Because they'll help you through it. I yeah. remember, I think it was in the summer that I was regressing a little bit. And, you know, my patches, I have areata, so it changes. And I was like, oh, man, like, this is a lot for me to go through. But the community just came together and helped me through mm-hmm. it. So I totally agree with you. I was going to say, too, um, so how are we going to close this out, too, is we had a chick bit, which we do at the end of every episode. But we kind of curated this towards wigs because Mm -hmm. we thought it was super important to show you how and everybody listening how the price of wigs has changed over time Mm -hmm. so an everyday wig in the 18th century where it was really popular with powdered wigs and everything like that an average wig cost 25 shillings which is 20 cents so in 2003 synthetics ranged in price from 100 to 150 dollars 
and human hair ranged from 300 to 1500. Now, in 2023, 20 years later from that, for a standard quality synthetic wig, so think like lace front or a full lace wig, you can spend anywhere from four to six hundred dollars, and if we're talking human hair, it is close to anywhere from seven hundred to three thousand dollars. So we thought that was super important mm-hmm. because that is the whole reason behind HR five four three zero. It's the price is going to keep going up because materials are costing more, and it's going to get more impossible to buy a wig if you don't have the money for it. So mm-hmm. that's why we wanted to kind of touch on that because Alopecia's Justice League, go follow them. They're going to give you all the updates and everything you need to know about wigs and insurance. Visit their website because you can check out how you can advocate for yourself and how you can get all that information you need. You can also reach out to Allison and any of their team members. Do you have anything else to close this out? Do you have anything else to update people on or... I have to say, to add on to what you were sharing, I'm currently writing a research paper on the significance of hair in ancient Rome. And so going back a very long time period. And it's so interesting because wigs were prevalent then and the stigma Mm -hmm. surrounding hair loss was even a thing back then. And so I think that, again, affirming what you were talking about, you know, this lack of awareness and lack of empathy has been prevalent for so long. It's, it's time that we address it. Absolutely. We when you finish your research paper, you should send it over. We'd love to should. read it. We would love to read yeah. it. Thank you. Yeah, that would be awesome. And we just want to say thank you for coming on. We think this was so important to have you on to talk about this. I and also the... think you're going to do amazing things. Yeah. Like, you are just beginning and already you're 16. You are you're insanely smart. Powerful. Thank you. You know mm-hmm. what thank you're you so doing. much. Yeah. Your personality is incredible. Like you, it's seriously, you're, you're an awesome kid. Your parents just must be like, oh, so proud of the you. the best kid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah thank you. You're, you're an awesome person. So we're mm-hmm. so happy to have had you on. So thank you again for coming on. We, we had a blast talking to you and learning all of this. So thank you again, Allison. We, we loved it. Thank um, you. If you want to get a hold of us, you can email us at thosebaldchicks at gmail.com or you can send us a message on Instagram or Facebook. All of the links to everything you need, including Alopecia Justice League's links and everything you need to advocate for yourself for wigs and insurance will be in the episode description. Until next time, guys, bald peck out.